He is with us from Washington, D.C. on the Newsmaker Line. Congressman Banks, good afternoon, sir. Hey, Pat. Good to be with you. Uh, Before we get into the State of the Union and the IRS and everything, uh, Representative Angie Craig, uh, who is a Democrat, uh, was assaulted in her Washington, D.C. apartment building. They don't think it was necessarily politically related. They're not sure that the people that assaulted her even knew that she was a representative. But this tells people, as beautiful as the buildings are there and as much as everybody's proud of D.C., it's not a perfect utopia there. No, obviously we're praying for her, for her recovery. But uh, there's a lot of violent crime in Washington, D.C. I had one of my staffers who you know, Pat, who was robbed at gunpoint in the middle of the day on Capitol Hill uh, about a year ago. Really? And... um, you know, the the ended up uh, they ended up prosecuting the 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 uh, the guy who who robbed my my staffer, and uh, he was given I think six months of probation uh, and 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 let loose to commit the same types of crimes over and over again. So when we talk about soft on crime policies and the outcome of that, it just it just invites more crime. And in Washington D.C., you have a case study of what we're talking about. So obviously. A, a tragic situation. I, I, I hope she. Uh, I hope she's not. Uh, I hope Angie, my my colleague, um, wasn't injured uh, too badly and she recovers quickly. But this is the type of crime we've become used to in Washington D.C. And you know, most things are, but not everything. Even on Capitol Hill, has to be right, left, Democrat, Republican, so we can think and pray for her. Because regardless of where she is on some of her issues, and regardless of who she voted for in this position and who you voted for in the position, uh, it's still a person, uh, and nobody deserves that kind of treatment uh, there. Uh, and so we we join you and we pray for her. So let's let me ask you real quick: any follow-ups now that we're two days beyond the State of the Union? I mean, my, I guess my only thought about the State of the Union now, two days later, is I don't have to hear it again tonight. Yeah. I... I still have a headache. Um, it's interesting uh, when you go to these State of the Union speeches and you're on the floor in person watching them. Oftentimes, it's a, it's a different feel than when you're watching it on TV. You see something different on TV than I'm sure. what we experience. I'm sure on the floor. But there were there were moments when President Biden started shouting, and it was on on the floor. It was very loud. He was shouting into the microphone. Yeah, and well, a lot of us. I think even Democrats were confused by it. We, what, like, we, why is he shouting? What's he yelling about? Like, well, what, you know, I, I talked about that a little earlier about, you know, is there one world leader that would want to, you know, take Xi Jinping's place? Even one? How about one? And he just kept yelling. And I said there was no real applause or anything, even from people in his own party, because they had no, either they had no idea what he said or they heard what he said, but they didn't know what he meant. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the, uh, that was that was one good example. I mean, I, I, just being confused by what he was talking about. But you got to think about it. If if members of Congress are confused by this president in his State of the Union speech, imagine what the rest of the world is thinking. Yeah. Imagine what other world leaders, some are allies, some are adversaries, are thinking when the president of the United States is giving his State of the Union speech, and at times he um, makes absolutely no sense. So. That, it's, it's that type of uh, weak leadership that, sadly, we've become accustomed to from this president over the last couple of years. But there are there are consequences to that, and I think it, it projects 
weakness around the world that has dangerous consequences for America. Well, yeah, I think that's exactly right. Talking about dangerous consequences, the president who said and has been saying now for three years, um, nothing will affect anybody making less than $400,000 a year. Um, which I, I, I'm still waiting for my card. I need a card that when Kim is at the grocery or I'm filling up with gas and they try to charge me a dollar ten more than they did a year ago, oh, no, 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 here's my card. I make under $400,000 a year. Oh, well, then, yeah, you know, that's not how that works. I'm not getting any big breaks right now, and I'm not exactly sure what tax he's talking about that won't affect me because Congressman Banks, if they've got 80000 um new agents that the IRS is going to sick out into the public. It doesn't take that many agents to track down 2,000 billionaires. Yeah. Uh, it's just it, the uh, it obviously this the intent of the 87,000 new IRS agents isn't to go after a small number of billionaires, it's to go after all of you. And the new the new website that the IRS launched um, here in the last couple of days with a, a link where you can go and report Wait, waitresses, um, you know, mechanics, uh, work, uh, factory workers. I mean, you can go and report someone if you believe that the IRS should go look into their finances. That That's not going after billionaires. That's going after everyone who's listening to this show. The Joint Committee on Taxation uh, actually confirmed that 78 to 90 percent of the money that's raised by the new from the these new eighty seven thousand IRS agents going down and hunting people down and looking into their bank accounts are are going to seventy eight to ninety percent of the money that they're going to raise for the federal government by snooping on your on your bank accounts will come from people that make less than two hundred thousand dollars a year. So, from middle class uh, and and low low wage income earners or people who make an hourly wage. So. That's what this administration is doing. I mean, go back to the State of the Union address. Everyone knows when Joe Biden is talking, he's lying. And it doesn't matter what comes out of his mouth. We know he's not telling the truth. So when he tells us that that um, that the new the expansion of the IRS isn't to come after you, we we you know, he, he lies so much that you've got to assume that that, uh, that that's not really what that, that he really intends to lie to you when it comes to these, the new uh, expansion of the IRS, too. Yeah, it's like my great grandmother, Williams, uh, who came to this country from Wales. She used to say, I think he would lie if the truth did any more good. <laughs> In other words, the guy, the guy just can't help himself. You know, he even when he's talking about things. That in the grand scheme of things don't matter when he's spinning yarns about, well, my dad used to or I used to be on the and then you do some digging. You find out his dad never did. He was never part of whatever it is he's claiming for. I mean, the the guy is just kind of a joke, you know, and, and I, I don't know if I can be all that hard on on uh, Congressman Santos out of Florida because he might just be following the Joe Biden plan. Well, uh, yeah, Joe, Joe Biden has lied about a, a lot a lot of things that have a much worse consequence for America and for Americans than anything that George Santos lied about. I mean, that's just the truth. And I, that doesn't mean I'm defending George Santos because I think it's a, they, I think he's a joke and he should be held accountable for becoming a member of Congress by lying about it. But so should Joe Biden. I mean, Joe Biden stood before the American people in a state of the union speech two nights ago and said, said that Congress was blocking his plan to secure the border. Now, Pat, you yeah. and I know that it's Joe Bi- it was Joe Biden's plan that opened the border wide open that's resulted in fentanyl flooding into communities all over northeast Indiana, the leading cause of death of Americans of working age. So he has no plan to 
secure the border. His only plan was to open the border, but he lied about it in his, in his State of the Union speech. Yeah, I'm not even sure he knows exactly where the border is. You know, I mean, he was down there somewhere close to it because he was somewhere near something a month ago that looked like a piece of the wall that was still there. Uh, and I just, I don't know. I just have absolutely no idea how it is that they can get up there and say, well, because we've heard all this, well, the border's closed. Well, the amount of people coming across has been greatly reduced. Well, it's it's nowhere near where it was under the previous administration. How can they say that stuff? Yeah, he, he gets away with it because the media allows him to get away with it. But that that's the fact of what we heard two nights ago is, not, you know, there you didn't you didn't hear any fact checkers uh, in the mainstream media who were you know exposing the lies of this president because they're they're on the same political side as Joe Biden. So right. right. If, if Donald Trump would have got would have got up and gave that speech and made those lies, they would have been all over him for. Oh. They, and, yeah, uh, you know, the, the fact of the matter is they give uh, they give Joe Biden a pass every time. Yeah, they would have been all over Trump like stink on a skunk. I mean, they would have just jumped on that uh, beyond fast. Let me ask you this. Um, Montana Governor uh, 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 Gianforte of Montana said that he was not informed by the Biden administration about the Chinese spy balloon until it was over his state's most populous area. What do you do? When the government, forget about telling me sitting here in Fort Wayne, Indiana on a radio show, but when, when they don't tell the guy that's in charge of a state and there's a spy balloon 60,000 feet above him, what is to be gained by not telling the governor? Did they think he was going to run out of the state house in a panic with a megaphone and start screaming to everybody to take cover because there's a spy balloon? Yeah, I, there, there are so many questions about this that deserve answers to, but you know that that being one of them, I I think this administration just got caught flat-footed. I, I think they they probably knew the balloon was in our airspace, but they didn't care and they dismissed the China threat. I mean, Joe Biden and the Biden administration—they're the weakest administration we've ever had on on uh, the threat, the, the biggest threat that America faces, which is China. So they thought the balloon would just you know fly away and no big deal. Instead, it entered our airspace. Uh, by the way, when it first entered our airspace, would have been the safest time to shoot it down. Sure, over uh, the Aleutians, over the Aleutian Islands, and and uh, you know that that would have been the time to do it. It would have been safe, and it would have it, it would have prevented any harm to the American people without letting it fly the entire course of the United States of America. I said so, the same thing on the air the other day, and somebody sent me a text, and they said, "Pat, they said." When it was over the Aleutians, it had just crossed over into our airspace. It hadn't really violated. It violates the airspace when you're 200 feet into our airspace. I mean, it's not like they were going to stop the balloon and turn it around and go, oh, I'm sorry, we drifted farther than we thought. Yeah, this tells us we have incredible vulnerabilities, but we also have weak leadership. And, you know, the the president... any other president, I could imagine, Republican or Democrat, would have would have addressed the American people or put out put out a statement. We are aware of the balloon, and and we we take this seriously. We will hold China accountable for entering our airspace. But this president did the opposite. Yep. Yeah. So so is it is it a timidity with this president? Is it a fear with this president? Is it something that he owes them? It's a, is it a, that he's afraid for him and his son that a gravy train somewhere that they've established for themselves is going to go away if they get too out of hand? And is China just rattling their sabers now because they're wanting to remind Joe, hey, we're in control, you're not? Yeah, China knows they can get away with it. But never forget, Hunter Biden took millions and millions of dollars 
from the Chinese Communist Party, and the big guy was skimming money off the top. The Biden Penn Center is funded by tens of millions of dollars from the Chinese Communist Party. So we, we, have, a, we have a president that's more than friendly with our biggest adversary. And when it comes to situations like these, you've got to ask yourself, why isn't he being bold at all and telling the Chinese that they won't get away with it? Yeah, I know. It's just I more than I'm mad, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm heartbroken. I, I don't think Bill Clinton would have allowed this. If if Joe Biden would have been president with this attitude when Kennedy was president, Cuba would be Russian completely now, and we probably would have lost the southeastern quadrant of the United States to the Soviet Union. Yeah, it's, uh, I, it's, it's startling how weak this president is. And if, if he's not going to fight, fight for America and fight back against our adversaries, uh, we we can't have a, a new a new a new president soon enough. Yeah, don't give me any names because I know you can't. Don't tell me who told you if anybody told you. But there's an awful lot of scuttlebutt going around that the Democrats on Capitol Hill don't want Joe Biden on the ticket next time, and they don't want Kamala either. Are you hearing that in the hallways? Well, I think I, I read a poll just a day or two ago that only only like a third of Democrat voters want Joe Biden to run again. So he's very weak. He's very soft in his own party. And, uh, you know, America is worse off for his leadership. So I'm not surprised by that. But I know the Democrats are are hungry to turn the page on Biden, but you're not going to hear too many of them that are going to be outspoken about it. Yeah. So if if Biden's off the page, if Kamala can't step up to the page, do you have any thoughts? Who's who's got the next best shot? Would it be the governor of California? Gosh, I mean, what a a left wing radical he is. I mean, I if you look at the Democrat bench, you can almost hope that, you know, Governor Newsom or, you know, Pete Buttigieg or some of these guys are the Democrat candidates because it doesn't matter who Republicans put up on our side. We're going to we're going to beat them. I mean, that the Democrat Party has never been uh, at a place where they have as weak of leadership and as weak of a bench, I think, is what they do right now. If you if you serve in the Biden administration like Pete Buttigieg does, you're responsible for um the, the disaster that this administration has caused. So, you know, that if that's all they've got to turn to, I, 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 I truly believe uh, we're going to win back the White House in 2024 in a landslide. Yeah. Well, and don't forget the guy that lost for governor in Texas after he lost for Senate in Texas. I'm sure he'd <laughs> like to like to find a way back in. I don't see that happening either. Uh, as always. something else to run for. Yeah. yeah he, he's going to find something. Uh I appreciate your time today, sir. Thank you very much. And uh, we'll look forward to next Thursday, and we'll try to do it again, okay? Have a good day. Thank you. Third District Congressman Jim Banks, always glad when he's part of our broadcast. Podcasts by Federated Media.